0: Hello family, my name is Larry Hogan and I am your host of the podcast, Where Do We Go From Here? That's the question, the answer, forward. The last time I talked about COVID-19, my promise was to respond to the spiritual aspects. I am now ready to share some thoughts. From the June publication of Time Magazine, the headline read, The President, The Protesters, and the plague of police violence. For two and a half months, America has been paralyzed by a plague, its streets eerily empty. Now pent up energy and anxiety and rage have spilled out. COVID-19 laid bare the nation's broader racial inequities. About 13% of the United States population are African-Americans but according to CDC data, 22% of those with COVID-19 and 23% of those who have died from it are African-Americans. Some 44% of African-Americans say they have lost a job or suffered household wage loss. And 73% say they lack an emergency fund to cover expenses. This according to the Pew Research Center. One of the respondents in the interview said, It's either COVID is killing us, cops are killing us, or the economy is killing us. The killing of George Floyd was shocking, but to be surprised by it is a privilege African Americans do not have. So says Time Magazine. Charlemagne Tha God, he of The Breakfast Club fame, a nationally syndicated talk radio show made an interesting analogy about this situation. Systematic racism, a pandemic, and the criminal justice system was the perfect storm. America has been selling the illusion of equality, the notion of being an equal opportunity nation where everyone is given a chance, where in reality, this is a old rich white man's club founded by old rich white men for rich old white men. It was government and public policy that started it. The richest country on the planet was built on slave labor, where in the Constitution, the laborers were considered three-fifths of a man. America has never atoned for its original sin, and some may see it as karma. The challenge is for the privileged to step up speak up and initiate the change. Racism is a problem started by white men and must be solved by the privileged, powerful and white people. So says Charlemagne the God. Like it or not, the effects of COVID-19 has exposed medical inequality and income, political power, activism, criminal justice system and educational are all have also been exposed. COVID-19 has exposed the difference to and around the world, the lie America has been living for so long. We can no longer boast of being the shiny light on a hill. Lord Acton, a British historian of the late 19th century said, Power tends to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. If one's health insurance is connected to employment, some current political leaders, at least one in power now, have made attempts to convince people that health is a privilege. What happens if, for no reason of their own making, you lose your job, and with it, your family's health insurance, then what? My three points. Political. Fight the power, pressure from ordinary people. Facebook. After ignoring pleas from companies asking that Facebook take a stand against racist comments, voter suppression, and misinformation campaign, and unlike their counterpart, Twitter, and others who took precise action, Facebook did nothing. Since George Floyd's death, and many call it murder, a little over a month ago, over 300 companies have pulled their advertising dollars out of the company. When the stocks dropped by over 8%, suddenly CEO Mark Zuckerberg decided to change course and support such efforts. That only happened when major clients dropped and canceled and or canceled lucrative advertising contracts were canceled. To that, I say, fight the power. When the citizens of Colorado heard more about the death of young Elijah McLean, a young man Mm -hmm. simply walking home from the store, a la Trayvon Martin, after responding to a call from an anonymous 9-11 caller a la George Zimmerman because they thought he looked suspicious. Cops responded and stopped him for no apparent reason. They did not like the answers he gave, even though they were truthful and there is no crime for walking home from the store with face covering because you are cold or drinking iced tea and eating Skittles. You shouldn't end up brain dead after an, an encounter with the police. Three days later, Mr. McLean was dead. I didn't even mention Brianna Taylor. The young woman in Kentucky shot to death in her own apartment while sleeping the results of a no-knock warrant where cops unannounced broke into her apartment. Just like the Colorado case, without the people finding out about it and applying pressure to the authorities, this case would have gone unnoticed. Again, I say, fight the power. Sports leagues are changing policies Superstar athletes are openly supporting black lives matter movement by choosing to sit out their respective seasons while getting little pushback from their teams and or leagues. These are powerful businesses who employ powerful, at least socially and economically people. They are speaking out and sponsors, partners, and other business leaders are listening. When you get pressure from the NCAA and SEC football, and when that list includes the state of Mississippi changing its state flag that featured Confederate symbols, when Alabama and heralded football coach Nick Saban makes a unity video with his football players, that's fighting the power. Again, these are but a small example of powerful and powerful organizations who did not change their tune until pressure from ordinary people began to fight the power. In the initials, in this initial days, COVID-19 was associated with China, but in a short span, it has traveled the globe, crossing national boundaries without any visa needed. Today, it is everyone's problem. It should not be associated with any particular race, country, ethnicity, social status, or anything else. Everything is local and everything is global. Still. Blaming and scapegoating seems to be the popular message of some politicians around the globe. But remember, when ordinary people fight the power, you will get the attention of what some may call extraordinary people. My second point, cultural. We just want to live. With the most recent example of police brutality arguably for academic and or debate discussion with the most recent example of police brutality on the attempted arrest of George Floyd on an alleged counterfeit charge. Not a robbery, no physical debut, dispute, not a felony that results in Mr. Floyd's death. It has now spread it Around the world. Just as the coronavirus exposed the disparity in health care, employment, and infrastructure of the entire industry, this arrest has done the same for the criminal justice system in America for the whole world to see. I don't know how long it will last. I don't know how long it will last. I don't know if it will last. A close friend of mine who has climbed the heights of success, and I mean dizzying heights, to the tune of $2 billion in footwear sales. His thought was, if there is no substantial change, I mean permanent change, then it is on the leadership of the African American people. The corporate America has pledged over $2 billion of commitments to organizations, businesses, initiatives, and more importantly, opportunities. This time, there will be no more excuses. Now, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Change is not easy. It is very difficult. And when the wide array of diverse support especially the young who may not have families, who may not be married, who don't have children or mortgages and other responsibilities. Who knows if their attitudes won't change and then the compromise begins. Again, I say COVID-19 has exposed America. I am nervous about the long-term effects of it when the real work begins. And that is, white America, you have to stand up and be exposed as well. This is real change though. It is heartwarming to see the diversity of people protesting. Not only white folks, but Hispanic, gay, clergy, TV personalities. And as for me, I hope everybody listening will appreciate this analogy. Colin Kaepernick lost his job because he knelt for justice, for injustice, following the advice given to him by military personnel. And that advice was that kneeling while presenting the flag was the ultimate show of respect. Contrast that with ex officer Derek Chauvin. He put his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck until he died and the whole world saw it. In sports, NBA coaches such as Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, major players from LeBron James in the NBA to Candace Parker in the WNBA, the NASCAR, And driver Bubba Wallace, all of it exposure. They respond differently. In the 50s, the death of Emmett Till. In the 60s, Bloody Sunday March in Selma. In the 70s, the Vietnam War. In the 80s, AIDS. In the 90s, Rodney King and the LA riots. All of these events. Expose the myth of the American dream, exposure for the whole world to see. And with COVID-19, you can't see it, and many don't or won't believe it. But it leaves behind a destructive path. Ignore it at your own peril. I have had to make an appeal to the majority and powerful people. Believe it or not, this might not be just white folks. Power and wealth are one and the same in today's America. It crosses the spectrum of race, creed, and color. Have you ever thought about the one thing successful people have in common? They all live mostly in the same zip codes, shop at the same stores, educate their children in the same schools. They have much more in common And let it be said that are not so fortunate have much more in common with each other. We live, you live in the same zip codes, go to the same schools and shop at the same stores. Mm -hmm. For the most part, anyway. I am not pointing everybody with a broad stroke. But, and before I go any further, let me again repeat, there is no such thing as black and white folks there is only one race of people the human race but history tells us race designation was used as a tool to separate divide and conquer it was strictly a prelude a prelude to political class perfected in modern day america by richard nixon with his pledge of law and order further feud by the Southern Strategy and its consultant, Lee Atwater. It was later masterfully redeployed by President Ronald Reagan, who I still say was the beginning for a candidate such as Donald Trump. He took the best of Richard Nixon with his law and order pledge, the swagger of George Wallace, and conniving con job of Ronald Reagan and combined all those characteristics into one imperfect candidate. Now, if you really go back and look at the results of each of these administrations, they left America in far greater damage and disarray than when the realms of power was handed off to them. Nixon's presidency ended in sure impeachment and resignation. George Wallace never made it to the finish line, but confirmed the model for those that followed him. Ronald Reagan talked tough, but lied about everything and every so-called accomplishments were tainted with dishonesty, deceit, and pure fiction. From the hostage rescue to the Iran contra affair to his version of a welfare queen and the lies that came with it, To his tough talk about military might. What about who did nothing about the marine base bombings in Iraq? To the beginning of exchanging good paying jobs for cheap labor and running up the nation's debt. And finally, the brass braggadocio of the current occupant who is simply unqualified, incompetent and dangerously ignorant. But I digress with regard to the commonality of spiritual 19 spiritually and the current display and exposure of racism in all its forms, inequality will let me in on this simple yet elegant caption. I read in Time magazine, the June edition cover story as well. It featured different opinions on the results of George Floyd's death the latest in a long line of killings at the hands of police. Well, in Junction City, Kansas, a protester with his family marching together was asked, what is his message and why? His reply was, nobody's asking for anything. We just want to live. Point three, and my final point, spiritual. Here's the gist of it. I call this when two or three are gathered. I have been working on this podcast for about two months, not completing it because of how rapidly things keep changing. Politically, there appears to be some settling in the anticipated results of the next uh, election. But please don't buy into that. It is way too early. Culturally, my company, Walt Disney World, is reopening and companies are responding to employees who represent them and their brand if it's done in a negative way, aka the Karens of the world. I am not sure what you call the male genders, but if Karen calls nine eleven and reports being threatened by an African American male, when in reality he simply asks if she would put her dog on a leash. Or when a neighbor in an upscale neighborhood challenges the owner of his home about painting a supporting sign for BLM, along with her assumed spouse or companion, again calls 911. She lost her livelihood. At least one of her biggest clients since she was the owner of a cosmetic internet company. Things change so fast. So I I have been trying to capture and comment on some of the events. But there is one thing that will not change and I think it's applicable to my final point, the spiritual aspect. Christina Puchowski She defines spirituality thusly. It is that aspect of humanity that refers to the way individuals seek and express meaning and purpose, then experience their connectiveness to the moment, their selves, to others, to nature, and to the significant or sacred. I don't want to get too deep in this, but if you read the Old Testament minor prophet books from Daniel to Amos to Haggai to Malachi and use it as a roadmap to where the country and quite possibly the world as an explanation as to why and how we are in this pandemic experience now. How often has one heard, the church is beyond these four walls? Or the family that prays together stays together prayer from home will help one to realize any and everybody have access to god through christ jesus if you are a child of the king it is expected of you to pray and intercede on behalf of others actually it is your duty perhaps matthew 18 Chapter 18, verse 20 says it best, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them all. Now that requires no debate or explanation. Thank you for listening. This has been Larry Hogan, your host for the podcast. Where do we go from here?